Welcome to Gross Anatomy. Are we live? We're live, Dr. Cullen. We're live, Lauren. We're live with Gross Anatomy Podcast. Where we're we... live with Gross Anatomy Podcast. Can we do the intro? You want to do the intro? You do the intro. My face looks very <laughs> shiny. Go ahead. Where we explore the sights, smells, and sounds of medicine and how it pertains to pop culture, meaning movies, books, TV, other podcasts, directors, um, and we've interviewed so many different doctors. Take a look at all our interviews. And the world around us. And the world around us. Right. And who are you? I'm Lauren Taylor. And I'm Dr. Jason Cohen. I don't like how I said that so unsure. I'm Lauren Taylor. Are you sure you're Lauren Taylor? <laughs> and you know what? Um, in the pre-med program that I run, that I've been running for now, we're in our sixth year of running it. Um, one of the things I always do is I always like to ask the students. Um, I know it's not our topic, but uh, we just started this session. It's actually our 17th session of the pre-med program. We started tonight virtually this time. Um, and one of the things I like to do is I like to put each of the students on the spot We go around the room and I have them introduce themselves. And I ask the students, I tell them who I am and where I grew up, where I was born, where I grew up, where I went to college, what my major was, and then what, uh, and, and then I ask the students something else. So this particular group, I asked them what field of medicine they're interested in. I am curious since this, uh, podcast talks a lot about medical and we talk about your pre-med program. What is, the mo- what is the specialty that's like said the most that people are going into? So interestingly, this session, a lot of the students said there were two things that came up a lot. One was uh, three things, pediatrics and neurology. Those were two of them. And then the thing that I think the field, the specialty that was said the most, interestingly, but not surprisingly, was, do you want to guess? Uh, OBGYN? Uh, no epidemiology or infectious disease, which is not at all a surprise. That does make sense, but I wouldn't have thought of it. Yeah. And so it was interesting to hear because of COVID, probably all of these kids, all of these students are probably thinking, wow, this is pretty cool. Pandemics and illness and disease and infections and all of that. It does sound exciting. Like in a- It does. Like all the movies. Yeah. And, and interestingly, I don't know if I've ever talked about it on the podcast, I was also very interested at one point in infectious diseases be, for the similar kind of reason, because I, I thought that being an infectious disease doctor, you deal with all these weird, wacky, parasitic infections. That was what interested me. But the reality is, is that most infectious disease doctors, other than when there's a pandemic, they're dealing with chronic things. Uh, pneumonias, HIV is a big part of an infectious disease process. What what was amazing was when I was in medical school in Brooklyn, New York at Kings County Hospital, they had an entire building or was it a floor of an entire wing of a building dedicated to tuberculosis. There was an entire TB wing where you had to go in, we were a bunch of TB patients. I doubt it exists these days because TB is so rare, although who knows. But back then, it was kind of like it is today. We'd go in, we'd have to mask up, and, and you'd go in through these sealed kind of vacuum doors into the TB wing. It was amazing. Yeah. And, and it, it, 
when I was there, it already wasn't as busy as it used to be, uh, but pretty amazing. You know, TV used to be really widespread, which is, they call it in movies, consumption. And it's often... Ah, yes, I've heard that in like a lot of the BBC shows I watch. Right. And often when you see a person, interesting bit of movie tidbit stuff, when a person coughs up blood, and the word for that is hemoptysis, is the fancy medical word, hemoptysis. When a person coughs up blood, it is usually one of two things. In the olden days, it's either cancer, it's either a lung cancer perhaps, or the other thing, especially in the olden days, it might've been consumption or tuberculosis. Right, okay. So that is like the number one right now. I would say pediatrics. Is that like a close number two? That would have been my guess for number one. I think pediatrics and neurology were um, close together. I just have one more question. So what is like the hardest rotation that you would say? As a medical student? Yeah. Like if, so you, you do all different kinds of rotations to see what you want to join, right? What field? I, I think... Interestingly, the hardest rotation is the rotation. There's, I don't think there's like a set hardest rotation. I think the hardest rotation happens to be different for every student. Right. And I think probably, probably it's the rotation that you or I as a med student are least interested in. That tends okay. to be the yeah, hardest rotation. Sense. Surgery is a hard rotation for sure because there's a lot of physical... Um, a lot of physical demands and and you have to be prepared before the surgery. But I must tell you, I, I, don't, I don't know how hard things are anymore. It, right. it blew my mind, actually. I was operating this week with a resident, uh, a, a third-year resident. So he's not quite a senior advanced resident. So I was operating with a resident. And one of the things we had to do, we were doing parathyroid surgery where we check the patient's parathyroid hormone level during the surgery. And to do that, it's a blood test. So I always like to draw the blood myself. And I tend to draw it from the patient's foot because the foot isn't in the operative field and the arms are tucked and the feet. So it's easy to just undo the drape by the foot, get out the foot, put on a tourniquet and draw the blood. Interestingly, this third year medical student, this third year resident who was already a doctor, who already did four years of medical school and now was in their third year of training, hadn't really drawn blood that much. And it shocked me. Wow, because yeah. I, I told the story that I learned how to draw blood as a third year medical student mm-hmm. on that woman in Staten Island, that pregnant woman. And it just shocked me that he struggled with drawing the blood as a third year resident, it was shocking, but it's training is different today. It's kinder, it's gentler. And especially at a place where I am, I think there's, there's so much ancillary support, meaning that there are people who are paid to be blood drawing people. There are people who are be paid to do that stuff. So those skills, a lot of people don't necessarily have, which is amazing. That is interesting. And yeah, we talked about it. People might want to listen if they haven't to the Dr. Leo Gordon episode about his training back in the what late 70s. Yeah, I, I think it was the turn of the century. <laughs> it's going to get mad. What, what's really amazing is um, actually his sons listen to the podcast so that he's really, he'll find out and he'll really be mad, which is good. Let him know. Let him hear it. <laughs> uh, so 
amazingly, back where I trained in Brooklyn at Kings County, it was still kind of the, the end of an era in terms of how medicine was. But, and it was a real county hospital. And I, th- I think there still are hospitals like that today. But not only didn't we have that kind of ancillary support staff to draw blood. So any blood draw, I, you know, I think they did. But if you needed blood drawn, you, the student, or you, the resident, was, were drawing that blood. But not only that, we didn't have patient transport. You know, now when a patient has to go from A to B, the nurse or the ward secretary picks up the phone and says, please pick up this patient to bring the patient to, and there are people dedicated to do that. Mm -hmm. Where I trained, if I needed a patient to go from A to B, I brought the patient from A to B. I waited with the patient. I got them off the gurney. I put them on the thing. It, 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 it was such a different world, and, and it gave me so much more, I think, of an appreciation of, of everybody who helps. and All the job skills, yeah. yeah I, you really learn a lot doing that. I would see how that's very important, but I guess but what you're saying for medical students that are like listening, it, it's getting easier for you. So as tough as you might find it, just be a little bit appreciative that it's a little bit easier than it used to be. It is getting easier, and I think one has to, in order to get those skills, I think as a med student, you kind of have to fight for yourself to be able to do those things because there's so many other people who are going to do those things, the blood draws and this and that, that if you really want to learn those, you're probably going to have to, it might actually be harder to learn it because you're going to have to go out of your way to find the time, ability to do those things and, and fight for yourself to say to the doctor, hey, can I do, can I draw the blood? He, mm-hmm. the, the, the resident didn't ask me to draw the blood. I actually wanted to give him something to do. So I said, hey, draw the blood. And, and I, after watching him be unable to do it, I said, I, I took it and I did it. Right. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. I would think they need to go back to training that a little bit more. I guess, but the reality is, is the place not. where we are, it, it's not necessarily a needed, a needed uh, skill. Which, which is crazy. That is crazy and something I did not know. Yeah. So, Dr. Cohen, what we're talking about today, this is going to be a fun one. We're, okay. we're challenging ourselves today. Um, what are we doing not, today? It is National Nutrition Month in March. March. So we're recording this a little bit before March, but via March 1st, you and I are going to start a new diet for National Nutrition Month. What diet? Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to see if we can do it. We can, I mean, obviously you're a doctor, you have a hard schedule. So if we have to cheat, we just, um, we're going to announce that. We lie. Oh, we yeah. announce. Oh, okay. We admit so every that. week on the podcast, we're going to be honest about what diet we choose and what was. You mean a weight, a, a weight loss diet or a health diet? What are you talking about? Well, I mean, National Nutrition Month is about both. Just like, you know, losing weight if you need to just trying to prevent like diabetes and um, trying to stay as healthy as possible. So I personally want to lose a little bit of weight. I don't know. Yeah, me too. Okay. How much weight do you, I don't think you need to lose weight, but how much do you want to lose? Um, I would like to lose 10 pounds. Uh, I don't know. I want to lose way more than that. I want to be down to my high school weight. So how much is that for you? You don't look like you need to lose weight either. Thank you, Lauren. We bravo. Um, I would like to lose like 30 pounds if possible. No, that seems like way too much weight. Well, I want to get down to my high school weight. I think there's, I, I get, as much as we talk about these days, body image and, and, and I do find that when I'm thinner, 
I feel better. I move better. Things hurt less. Well, me too. That's why I'm doing it too. Yeah. And, and, and I do feel healthier. I think as a young person, it doesn't necessarily matter if you're, if you have a few pounds, but I, I over, over under, but I think as we age, I, I just think this body, our frames have carry weight. And I think mm-hmm. just the physical aspect of the, the stress on our knees, the stress on our joints, the stress on our hips, especially if we're trying to be active, especially if right. we're trying to do sports, it's just so much easier to be thin than not thin. Unfortunately, it's an unfortunate reality. Um, or fit, certainly fit. I, I'd even, I'd like to be fitter. It was a goal of mine last year, which I didn't hit, was to try to get a six pack. Remember, I think we joked about it, or maybe we did. I did you don't get know. a six pack? Mm-mm. You get a two pack? I got an. I got like a a case of beer. I think, I don't, but I know six pack. You just drank some beer. Well, you exactly. you gave it your all. It sounds like there you go. Yeah, but I I it'd be nice. It'd be nice. Well, I don't know if you looked, but I gave you a list. So there was like a bunch of celebrity diets, and I wanted you to choose from one. Did you choose one? Uh, my favorite celebrity diet. There was a list of some. I think what I'm trying to debate between. So the clean program, I need to find out a little bit more about it, but that's a Gwyneth Paltrow one. And it's a 20-day cleanse developed by cardiologist Alejandro Younger. And it eliminates foods including gluten, dairy, eggs, sugar, alcohol, and various other allergies triggers. I'm not sure if I can do it. It mainly is putting your foods into liquid form. Ooh. Yeah. And it's 21. So it's like a 21 day cleanse. That might be too hard. So that's on the back burner. I think I'm really going to go with the Beyonce one, the 22 day vegan diet. Oh, well, that's, that's what I kind of try to be already. I know, but see, I'm never tried to be a vegan. So I'm a vegetarian, but I've never even thought about giving up cheese or like stuff made with eggs. Like I don't eat a lot of eggs, but I've never just done that. So I think 22 right. days would actually have, make a difference on my body. So I kind of want to try it out. 22 days of being a pure vegan, you'd feel good. Yeah. But you also have to like cut out alcohol, a lot of like, Why? That's I not- don't know. It's part okay. of it. So you can like actually, of course, her and Jay-Z, just like when a Pelter know how to make money off things. And you can actually like sign up and pay. It's like two bucks a week for different meal plans, like different recipes. But yeah. so I might go all in and just try that and let the audience know. I'm definitely going to do, I think I'm going to do the vegan 22 day thing. So that's the, so that's not the clean diet. No, well, the clean program is Gwyneth Paltrow's. That's basically like the soup and the smoothies. That's like a complete cleanse for 21 days, which she's obviously trained her body to do. It's, you know, the re the truth is, is that just like, so I do hernia surgery. And one of the things I'll sometimes tell patients who, when we're trying to decide what what's the best way how should that patient have their hernia fixed and if there's ever many ways to do something the only reason that there are many different ways to do something is because there isn't one perfect way right so i think that's what that's the the truth about diets too is that if there really were one great wonderful perfect diet there wouldn't be a zillion different diets and the only reason there are a zillion different diets is because none of them at this point in time are really the right way to go. 
probably. Right. And I mean, keep in mind, yeah, that's why it'll be interesting to like tell our audience the realities of this, because obviously these celebrities have meals prepared for them. They have trainers. We don't have any of that. So we're going to see how good we can do. And their whole life and their whole job is involved with just getting to look a certain way to be a certain way. Right. Right. I also like this um, diet on the list. It was, I've never heard of it before. I don't think it was the alkaline diet. Have you ever heard of that one? That's what Victoria Beckham does. Not so much the alkaline diet, but trying to alkaline, yeah, trying to be alkalized. So, but this one, you actually have to like your body's pH level between 7.35 and 7.45. How do you, uh, is there just like a strip that you test for that? How do you even know? My guess is it's a urine, a urine. Oh, you pee on, okay. But, uh. So that one I'd be interested in because it's like fruits, vegetables, fennel, broccoli, grapefruit, kale, all stuff I like. So it's um, 80% alkaline and 20% acidic. So you can still drink coffee and alcohol. That's good. So maybe, I guess I could try that one. I, I was thinking of just gum. <laughs> I know. So you're just going to detox. Yeah. I mean, you're just going to go for... Um, when we were kids, my buddies and I, you know, also would talk about trying to lose weight or a little, because I, I was a chubby kid. I was a husky at one point. And um, so even, even women and men, boys and girls, always kind of want to get down to their good weight. So we used to joke around... I'd be like, no, I'm just, uh, nah, nah. so my friends would say, just gum. That's mm-hmm. all you should have is just gum. Well, yeah. you sent me an image of this. So Gwen Paltrow also came out with a new book by her Goop Press. She's just like found so many ways to make money, that woman. And um, so it's a flexible four-week fasting. Maybe you want to like, do that. Yeah. I, and I'll tell you. The book is available on Amazon, Dr. Cohen. There you go. I think every one of these diets the problem is the word diet, but I think every one of these ways of eating has some merits. I think there's good in every one of them. Mm-hmm. I think the problem with diet is they're too restrictive in, in general. Even right. when I'm trying to be vegan, you know, there's I'll sometimes have to have pizza because I love pizza. And there or, are good vegan pizzas, but yeah. it's not around the corner when you go to an amazing pizza place. So I think that's the problem with diets. And I think... Well, because you're always thinking about what you can't have. So that's why little, you really have to like get your body used to it. Even, even when I'm good being as plant-based as possible, I really like to talk about... And we, we had a whole... We did a whole fun Video. Instagram yeah, post Instagram. Mm-hmm. the S's about striving. Right. I think the key is striving, and we should find that and maybe repost that even, is I think we should strive to be something with, with the knowledge that it, no form of extremism is good, I, I don't right. think, no matter what you're doing. I agree. So that's why a lot of these are just like 21 day, 22 day, and just to see how we feel. I don't think, I mean, I'm not going to be a vegan forever doesn't interest me enough, but I right. am interested to see if my body feels better. I must confess, there was a time that I was back before I moved to LA. So more than 20 years ago, I had dropped a decent amount of weight being Atkins and Zone, and which is basically high protein, no carb diet. Mm-hmm. So, and that was way before I was vegan or vegetarian. So I, I was a huge carnivore. So I, I remember I would just eat like hot dogs, which is pathetic and so unhealthy. But 
I would eat hot dogs. Occasionally I would steak and I dropped a lot of weight. You did. Yeah. Cause uh, Atkins, I was trying to figure out the difference between Atkins and keto. And basically keto has an amount of protein you can eat and Atkins doesn't. So I guess it's like, you can just carbs, eat. Carbs, an amount of carbs you could eat. Yeah. yeah and then the zone diet is like 30% protein, 30% fat, and 40% carbs, which sounds amazing. Right. But there's a calorie intake. Right. But it's still, the thing about zone, what I, I, I kind of did my own hybrid form of Atkins, which is basically pure protein, no, no carbs at all. I, I would have some uh, little bits of carbs, but I would try to really keep it keep it low and, and usually just like with a bar as a supplement or something like that. Mm-hmm. But I, but I love tomatoes. And so even like salad, certain parts of you can't have tomatoes cause that's carbs. So fruit, oh, that's fruit hard. are bad and, and all of that fruit, which are great in the Atkins diet. You can't have fruit, you can't have tomatoes. Can't right. Have like yeah. So I was reading, yeah like veggies and fruits high in sugar, like bananas I eat a lot of, I guess that's not allowed on Atkins or the right. zone. I mean, it's not allowed in the zone. So again, I think there's a, it's really more about striving. I think it's about eating well. I think there is, you know, there's that caveman, the paleo diet too, which is interesting, you know, talking about cavemen. And I, and I think there's I something. I thought that one was weird. That one, like that was on the list. Jessica Beale does it. She looks amazing. I just, I mean, I'm not a meat eater. So I always think it's weird to want to be like, a, eat like a caveman. Right. But in my mind, I, I don't know the diet so much, but I, I think eating like a caveman is kind of striving to be a vegan because my guess is I wasn't alive during caveman time, but my guess is, is that for the most part, those people ate mostly grains and, and fruits and berries and nuts and things like that. Mm-hmm. And then occasionally they would have a kill or a hunt and have rarely some you know, big amount of protein of some kind, some animal protein. But I, I, I don't think it was constant. That, that's my guess of how a real paleo or caveman diet was. I mean, that it's makes sense that, to me. When I, I looked it up, it says no carbs heavy on the meat, but I could be wrong. Right. And what I, I do try to encourage my patients to go as plant-based as possible. And what I tell them, and, and I do quote the movie, What the Health a lot. And we talk about what the health mm-hmm which talks about the benefits of being vegan. The guy even says it at the end. He says, it's probably okay to have a certain amount of animal protein. I don't know if anyone's really figured it out, how much is okay, how often is okay, right. which kinds are okay. Uh, so, but I, but I tell patients, I, I say, there's nothing wrong with now and then having, having something. Right. Well, I think, all right. So I'm either going to try the alkaline diet or the vegan, 22-day vegan. I also think there's something to intermittent fasting. I, I think a lot Can of people- Can you try that and be a doctor? Do you think it's possible? Yeah, kind of. My problem is I need my morning coffee. Now, with intermittent fasting, you can have coffee. That, that doesn't count as long as you don't put anything in it. Mm-hmm. So, But I, I don't like black coffee, so I need to put some kind of- oat milk or something in it and maybe some honey. So for me, other than that, I don't really eat that much until afternoon. Your body won't feel any difference if you do the 22 day vegan. Probably not. Yeah. The 22 vegan, I won't feel much of a difference. Although again, I'll occasionally have some pizza. So yeah, no, we should try to come. I should try to come up with, with, uh, 
There's also the Megan Fox one, which I never heard of before, but it's a five factor diet. You eat five meals a day with only five ingredients. I don't understand really how that works out, but maybe it's just like you're not eating any processed food probably is what it mainly is. Oh, you can't have bread, five pieces of bread. Um, healthy fat, protein. You can have healthy carbs, fiber, and a sugar-free drink. I don't know. And one cheat day is allowed. The, that, that's the bottom line is the thing of the reason why there are so many diets is because none of them is otherwise there wouldn't be a million diets and they're all fads and. Oh, they absolutely are. And th- I just thought I would, uh, I thought it'd be fun to try one for nutrition month of March. Okay. So I'll report back. A different one every day. (laughs) (laughs) We could start our own diet. It's the one a day diet and see what happens. Oh gosh. I think our bodies wouldn't like it. Challenge. That would be really hard. Would Would we even see results though? That's the problem. I don't know. Although I can't see myself really eating meat at all. I've really lost the. Yeah. I'm not going to eat meat. So even fish, I really don't like to eat anymore that much. It's amazing when you don't, when at least for me, not having eaten it that often kind of really, it, it changes my whole perception about eating animals. Mm-hmm. I'm like, why don't I, may as well eat a dog, you know, right? <laughs> I, I don't know. It just. No, I agree with you. Um, yeah, I'm not going to eat meat, but I'm going to try one of these diets that I can try. Yeah. And then if you wanted to put on bulk, are you done with the whole six pack thing? You can eat more calories, which is great. You just have to have more time to work out. Right. I was looking at that, like the list was you know, from GQ. So it was all men, but it can be any person. Um, if you want to put on bulk, they were just eating so many more calories. I guess you'd have to do crazy weight training, which I I wish I could work out all day and just bulk up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I remember, um, when I was a kid, one of our friends got into crazy bodybuilding and he used to, you know, come in with a couple of baked potatoes and, you know, he was just carving out, but he was huge. He was cut. Interestingly, now he's a rabbi. So it's, yeah. It's, is he still cut? He's probably still in amazing shape from like muscle memory kind of thing is my guess. Mm-hmm. He was always an athletic, active guy. So my, my, I haven't kind of seen him without clothing. Uh, actually, <laughs> I haven't seen him period in a while. Uh, but it. my guess is he's still probably fit. All right. Well, I'm going to try one of these and I'll report back on our next podcast how, how I'm doing, which oh, one I'm excited. doing. I think you should make your husband try it too. Like he was one of our first uh test to oh yeah okay that's a good idea you had him do the ice thing what was that yeah it was um oh it's gonna drive me crazy but i can't he was one of our first guinea pigs in the in the uh what is it when you freeze why am i forgetting what it is yep in the cold thingy (laughs) (laughs) he was our guinea pig that was great Mm. Mm -hmm. all right so maybe i'll make him be a guinea pig with me on this too I think you should. Are you going to do, are you going to try to have him do a different diet? No, you, you got to do the same one, right? It'll be too and, hard. But he's a meat eater, so he might not be as happy about this. Mm. We'll see if I can get him to do it. I think you got to get him to do it. Cryo, cryo, uh, cryogenics. Cryo. Or not cryogenics, that's when you die. Cry- <laughs> <laughs> Cryotherapy. Cryotherapy. We, Is that- yes. Our audience should listen to like, that was like our third podcast ever about cryogenics and cryotherapy. Okay, so we're gonna. I'm gonna try these diets. You're gonna try something and report back for Nutrition Month, even if it's just a day. Okay. Try something different for a day. Sounds like a plan. Okay. Anything yeah. else you're watching, reading, want to share with the audience? Uh, it's bizarre. Where my my youngest teenager is having us watch Skins. Have you heard of Skins? No, but I feel like I don't like it based on the look on your face. It's kind of like 
it's like pre-euphoria, the, the okay. show Euphoria with uh, Zendaya, right? Right. So it's kind of about young teenagers in London. And it's, it's not something you would watch with your 14-year-old, but we, we watch stuff with her. But it's about kids and high school and drugs and sex. And it's entertaining. It, interestingly, uh, some, of the, some of the actors have gone on to bigger things. It came out years ago. So like Dev Patel is one of the actors. He, okay. He's a young kid in it. And, and he's gone on to do Slumdog Millionaire and all of that. And he was mm. this lanky little kid in it. And then Nicholas Holt is in it. And he went on to X-Men, I believe. And then there's a girl, one of the main characters, went on to play Ginny. Ginny? Ginny in Game of Thrones. Oh, yeah. It's like Ginny. Yeah. Ginny. The, the one who's uh, Craster's wife. Yeah, she's Sam. Who becomes Sam's person. Yeah. yeah. So, and so it was interesting seeing these. Oh, that is cool. Yeah, it came out years ago. It's kind of, it's, it's a little disturbing, but interesting nonetheless. It's, it's fairly well done. Maybe that's good to watch with your 14-year-old, as uncomfortable as it might make you feel. I think so. It, it probably bonds us a little bit. It also makes me a horrible parent. No, it doesn't. Like, I mean, if she's going to watch it and she has questions, then her parents are right there. True. Good point. She was, she would watch it anyway. So it's a good point. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm not, I have no new shows to report. How are your dogs? They are time consuming, but adorable. Good for you. Two rescues. Two rescues. They're getting used to the place finally. Bravo. Bravo. Yeah. All right. So thanks for joining us at Gross Anatomy. Thanks for joining us, everyone. We will continue to explore sight, smell, sounds, and medicine. All right. Thanks. Bye. That's it for this week. Thanks for listening to Gross Anatomy. And be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you can check out more episodes on the evolving sights, smells, and sounds of medicine. Gross Anatomy is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition.